Hey, I'm excited about this series that we're in. All summer long, we're going to be spending talking about the Ten Commandments. Um, and what God has set up for us. Last week, it was just an introduction. We just introduced what these commandments were, and there were three things that we talked about, and I think these are important to go back and recap and understand. And the first one was this. You can understand what's important to someone by the rules that they give. And I said it this way. If I went home with you and spent a couple days in your home, I could see, I could just watch by watching your family what's important to you. And it may not be just the rules that you give or you say or you write out, but the rules that you keep. I mean, the ones that you enforce. We could tell that's what's important to you. And it may not be just in your home, but where you work, you know, where you play, where you do things. You can tell what's important by a a shop or a business, an organization, by the rules that they set up. And we can see that in God as well. Then what rules did he set up for us? And we can say that must be really important to him. These things must be a pretty big deal. We need to pay attention to it. Here's something else we learned last week. God's commands are not a condition of a relationship. They're a confirmation of a relationship. So God didn't set it up and say, here you are right here and here's God. And in between us and God are these 10 commandments. And we have to follow those in order to get to him. In order for us to climb that ladder to get to him, we have to obey all of these to a certain extent. He didn't say that. In fact, he set up a relationship with the people of Israel before he gave them the commandments. And he's done the same with us. Even while we were sinners, the New Testament teaches us this, even while we were sinners, Christ died for us. While we were breaking these Ten Commandments, he is building the relationship with us. Because without a relationship, if we just have a list of rules that are given, usually what comes out of that is rebellion. And we rebel against him. If all we have is rules and no relationship, rebellion usually is the outcome. So this is important. And the last one is this, that God's laws are not to limit our lives, but to enhance our lives. He comes along and he says, it's, it's not because I don't want you to have any fun in this life or this world, um, and so I'm going to give you this list of rules to obey. You shall not do any of these things, and you have to do this. No, he's saying, look, I'm setting up some parameters that if you live within these parameters, life will be good. This is the good way to live. I've designed you, I've created you, I understand you the best, and this is what's going to give you the best life. If you jump outside of these parameters, good luck. Um, It's tough. You're going to hurt somebody. Somebody's going to hurt you. Life will be tough to live outside of these. So I'm trying to do the best I can for you and give you these rules to live by. So the Israelites, this is kind of how it went down. They were slaves for many, many years. God led them out of slavery and led them into the desert towards the promised land. And it took a while for him showing them how much he cares for them, that he wants to give to them and lead them and love on them before he gave them the commandments. And then we get to Exodus chapter 20, and they've had some time. God has provided food and shelter and safety for them, and he says it this way. God is speaking these words to him. Exodus 20, verse 1 and 2. I am the Lord your God, that's the relationship part of it, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of slavery. He has a relationship with them. He's going to give them a list of rules to say, this is what's important to me. And this is how you can live the best life. These are the important things for you. This is what I want you to do. So today we're jumping into them. 
And we're going to look at the first two. The first two commandments this morning are the ones we're going to look at. They kind of go together. They, re- they work really well together, although they are separate, and there is a reason they're separate. They're two different commands, but yet they do build on each other, and out of these two comes the rest. And I really believe that if we can get these two, I'm going to say this a couple times this morning, if we can get these two, the rest seem to be a little easier for us to grab onto. And so I'm going to use an illustration that I've used before. If you've been here even just a couple years um, at Crestview, you may have seen this illustration, but it's so good. It's one that... Even while I was thinking through it, I forgot some of it. I thought if I forgot some of it, maybe you did as well. So this is a good reminder um, for us, but it's also one that, man, I hope it sticks with you and hope that you can understand. And I believe that if we look at the commandments this way, this is God talking to us this way. And this is, represents our life. So this is our life, and God gives us this life, and he says, you get to fill it up. You get to put stuff in it. I'm going to give you choices and options. You have the ability to choose to put things in your life. And how you fill your life is important. And this is who you are. And so we have things in our life that come along that we get to choose to put into our life. There's all kinds of stuff. And this, this jar here and all these little rocks represent the things that just happen throughout a day. It just it just happens. We don't wake up and choose to do these things. These are the things that they just, they just do. We just have to react to these things, like meals. Um, you have kids, they have to eat, right? So you might not choose to feed them, but they need fed, so we, choose, we, we start to feed our kids. Laundry is a big deal, right? How many of you woke up this morning saying, I love doing laundry. I wish I could do more laundry today, right? Folding clothes, right? Housework, yard work. It may be a joy for a little bit to take a break for some stuff, but man, it gets tiresome. Car maintenance. Um, the check engine light came on in my car a couple weeks ago, right? I didn't plan for that. Homework. The washing machine quits. Water gets in our basement. These are the things that we just react to. The kids get sick. The in-laws are coming over, right? These are things that just, it happens. Life happens to us. And so our life starts to get filled up with this kind of stuff that we just have to react to and is a part of what we do. Um, Then we have these things. This would be representation of all the things we get to choose. God gives us options in life. I don't react to these things. I choose to do these things, right? There's a new series on Netflix I just I can't wait to watch. So I choose, right? Maybe that's not the best choice, but our kids have practice. We signed them up, so we got to get them there. Baseball, wrestling, soccer, volleyball, piano, whatever it is. They've got stuff that they're doing, they're good stuff. Another weekend at a tournament. This is what we do. We chose to do this. Our life's filled up with this. The doctor says I need to lose some weight, so I need to start exercising. So I start doing some of that. I haven't checked Facebook in like a half an hour. There's got to be something new on there that we have to do. The lake's calling our name, right? There's things then that we choose to do in our life. And this looks pretty good. We're about halfway there. We've got a lot of room here still to go. All kinds of stuff that we can put in there. This looks pretty good. And we have to choose this, right? There are enough things that we have to choose to do. Otherwise, we just go through life and it gets crazy. It's like the, heard about the airline pilot that came over the intercom and he said, folks, I got some good news and some bad news. 
The bad news is we're lost. The good news is we're making great time. Um, right? Do you feel this way at times? Your life, you're just going, 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 and there's good news and bad news. It's mixing together, but at the end of the day, you're just glad the day's over. You're just glad there's nothing else to react to. You're just glad you can move on to the next day, or maybe it's a week at a time where that goes in. And then there's other things that happen, though. We haven't even got to the real important stuff. This is just daily living. We still have some pretty big things that are important to us that we haven't even tried to get in there yet. But look, we got tons of room, so we can do this. Our family's important to us, so our relationships. So we have to develop these relationships with our families. So we put, we always say, you know, family's so important. We got to get family in there. This is a big deal. Friends are important. We got to continue to develop relationships with the people we live with and do life with. We had friends over Friday night. I think it's a big deal. You're just a barbecue and sit around. No agenda. Just build friendships with people. That's a big deal. So we put that in. Work. Please work hard at what you do. Get a job and work hard at that. I think that's biblical. It's a, it's a big thing that, that we can do and say, God asked us to put in a hard day's work and to work at those kind of things. Hobbies, I think, are important. We've got to have some hobbies. Recreation is what we call it, right? To recreate yourself. Do something that's different than everything else you do so that you can learn to recreate yourself. Get that in your life. Put that in there. Your finances. If you don't take care of your finances, um, it will be tough to continue on in life. So we've got to make sure our finances are in order, not only for daily living, but for retirement someday. How are we planning ahead with that? And yes, you are at church, so I'm going to talk about this one, the big one, the important one, right? God. God's an important one. So we've got to try and figure out how to squeeze God in. Well, we can't get him in here. So if we can, we're pretty good at this. We think that if we can balance God here, that we're doing all right. And if God can balance on top of, it may not fit inside our life, but if we can balance him on, that's doing pretty good, right? So we're, or we say, okay, let me try and figure this out. If I can take some of this out and work and family, if I can rearrange some of this, and we struggle with this. If I'm at work, I'm thinking about family. If I'm home, I'm doing extra work, then I get in trouble for that. And so we try and switch the order, and still it's God sitting here on top. Not really in, just balancing. And we try and force it so many times. And we try and figure out how we can make that work. And life can feel full, but yet empty all at the same time. Because we're just walking around trying to balance it all instead of being, having joy and, and being the way God wants us. We feel overloaded when it's like this, not complete and full. And I believe this. I think this is an important line. I want you to remember this one. Until we really take the time to sit down and figure out what's important in life, everything seems important. Until we sit down and say, what has to come first? What's of most importance? Everything seems important. And we try and squeeze it all in the best we can. And this gets tough. Well, I, I think we have a chance to start over. I think God is a God of not only second chances, but third chances and fourth chances. And God says, come on, let's try and figure this out. 
let's see what we can do with this. How do we make this better? So he says, let's, let's do this. Let's take a, a different one and see if we can make this look a little bit different than the way it is. He gives us these chances to set priorities. He says the priority in your life is what you put first. What's of first importance? What do we have to put in first and to make this work? Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, it says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you. First two commandments that he gives us, he talks about this right here. This is what he wants to set up and wants us to do. He says, if you don't understand these first two commandments and get these things down right first, the first way, the first time, if you don't understand these, you're going to have trouble with the rest of them. The rest of them are going to be tough to do. But if you can get this figured out, man, the rest of it seems to line up and to make sense. So let's look at it. Exodus chapter 20, verse 3. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall have no other gods no other God before me. God says, I want to be your one and only, your ultimate authority. And on this one, in, in the English translation, it gets tough because I, I get stuck on that word before. No other gods before me. So does that mean I can have gods after you? <laughs> other gods to line up? And no, that's not what that means. That's not what it's saying. The Hebrew, if we go back and unpack that and think about the, the Hebrew context and what he's getting at, the Hebrew way of saying this is to say, no, it's not that there's others after that. It's to say there's no one in competition. There's no other competition with this rock and this God. Um, there are some things that God can't do. I want you to think about it this way. Uh, and maybe you've never heard anybody say it like that. There's, things, there's really things God can't do. What, what can God cannot do? Well, first of all, God cannot lie. God is not a liar. He can't lie. He is truth. And so truth comes out of him. He is not a liar. He cannot lie. God cannot sin. He's the one that, that wrote what truth is, and therefore no sin can be in him because he is the author of life and everything. He can't sin. God cannot hate people. God may hate the things we do, but he does not hate people. We're going to see that over the next few weeks. If, if you come back through the summer, you're going to see some things where it sounds like that's hate speech, right? Others have said that. No, it's not God hating. It's God setting up his rules and saying, I may hate what you do, but I don't hate people or you. God cannot break a promise. If he's made a promise to us, he can't break it. And here's what I also believe. God cannot be second. He cannot be second. He has to go in first. He has to be the first thing in our life. We have to put him in as a priority God has to be first and foremost in that. And to me, this is where the illustration gets a little weird. Um, it doesn't quite work because this is God, and then I've got these other rocks, and it looks like God is one of the other rocks. No, God is the only rock. God is the first rock, the only rock. We're using the illustration you know, to prove a point in another way, but God is our only rock. The Israelites tried it. 
They tried, and they had gods for all of their rocks, all of their important things in life. They had a God for peace. They had a God for protection. They had a God for futility. They had a God for safe passage. They had a God for healing. They had a God for agriculture. So a God, they had a God for their work. They had a God for their family. They had a God for their hobbies. Whatever they chose to do, they would create a God out of that, and that's the God that they would worship to try and get the best they could out of that situation or thing. But I think we need to understand this, and this is huge. God is saying, I am your only God. All these other things, yes, I give you this in life. These are also important in your life, but I am your only God. Don't worship anything else. Don't create any other God. I understand, right? God says, I understand you have other needs, and I'm going to provide those needs for you. You have a need to love on your family and build relationships. You have a need to recreate yourself and have recreation. You have a need you know, to work hard and to earn that living. That stuff is important, and I think those are big things that God teaches us, and he wants us to understand and do. But he says, if you put these first two commandments first in your life and understand these the best, everything else will fall into place. So the second commandment is like it. It almost sounds like the first one. It's almost a repeat. Verse 4, it says, You shall not make yourself a carved image or anything like that, anything that is in heaven above or in the earth or under the sea. He says, Don't make an image. Don't create that. No other idols. In fact, the Israelites did this. While Moses was actually on the mountain getting the Ten Commandments, they were down taking gold, melding it all together, and they built an idol that they could worship. Because that's us. I'm like that. I like the things I can grab and touch and feel that I can see and I can reach out. And God says, don't do that. Don't create anything else, even if it represents him. The reason I think he says this, because if we were to create create an image, even if it's an image that looks like God, it's not an image of something else, it's God. We have a tendency then to start to worship that thing instead of God. And God says, I don't want you to be distracted. Don't make something that you will bow down and worship that looks like me even, because you'll end up worshiping that thing instead of me. And I'm bigger than anything you can make. I'm bigger than anything that you can create or you can come up with or you can do. So, so don't do that. He says, look to me for everything and then let me fill in everything else around you. Let my presence be what is what you worship, and everything else will fit in around you. So the relationships are important. and We start to add these things to our lives. We, we need to put our families as a priority in our lives. That's important. God designed us that way, to have relationships with each other and to build those friendships. Work is important. Get a job. Work hard. God designed us and created us this way. Um, I I believe that your hobbies are important. Enjoy life and what he gives to you. Make that something that you enjoy doing. I, I don't think he created us to not have any fun, so he wants us to enjoy life in that. And be honest with your resources. Make sure your resources are so that you can enjoy this life. I think that's important. He taught a lot about our resources Um, in scripture. I think he says this is an important thing for us. We have to understand. But if we do this correctly and we work at this, hey, there's all kinds of choices that we have in life. 
You want to spend some time watching TV? Go for it. I think he says, that's all right. Everything I mentioned before, is nothing's bad. Your kids, you signed them up for soccer and baseball and, and wrestling and piano and volleyball, and you go to tournaments, okay. How many, though? How much time do you spend doing that, right? Uh, exercise. I, your doctor told you you need to exercise? You probably do, right? I, maybe you do choose to look at your friends on Facebook and communicate that way. Maybe the lake is calling your name. Right? Maybe your in-laws are coming over, and you have choices that you can make. And it, it looks like, wow, how do I get everything else done in life then? How do, it looks pretty full, but if we actually do this correctly and we put God first, then we, we have meals to make. There's all those things that come up, laundry, housework, yard work, check engine light comes on, your kids have homework, the washing machine quits, you get water in your basement, the kids get sick. You have a flat tire. Look at that. When we do this correctly, and we put God first in our lives, he comes along and he says, I can make everything else work for you then. Then I can make sure that it all fits in your life. And he's so serious about these first two commandments He's so serious about these first two that this is the only time in this list of commandments that he takes a break and he gives us, in verses 5 and 6, a warning and a consequence. The others, we don't have these, but in these first two, he stops and he says, let me give you a warning, and there's a consequence of these two. Verse 5, it says, you shall not bow down to them or serve them, these other gods. Don't worship anything else but God, right? For I am the Lord your God. I am a jealous God, is what he says. Now, for us, jealousy usually comes across as a negative term. Ooh, you're jealous. That's not a good thing. But yet God calls himself a jealous God. No, think about it like this. Um, My wife should get jealous if I'm carrying around a picture of another woman in my wallet, right? Wouldn't that be the wise thing for her to do? Wouldn't that be a good... Isn't that saying something positive to me that my wife gets jealous if I talk to or text somebody else more than her? I would hope she gets jealous because she loves me. And God is saying, I love you so much and I want what's best for you. I created you. I know what's best for you. I am a jealous God because I want what's best for you. There's a warning in that. Verse five and six, it says, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commands. Now, I'm not sure, I'm, i got to be honest with you, I'm not sure what all of this means specifically. I'm not an expert in generational blessings, but I am smart enough to know this. The, there are consequences for my children for the choices that I make in life. The things that I do in my life, my children will either get blessing or consequences from those. Now, this is not a blame game, and I don't want you leaving saying, yeah, I actually blame my parents for everything that happened to me. No, you can't do that. You're an adult now. You get to make choices in life and decisions for yourself. But I get it. There are things that happen in my life because of choices my parents made and my grandparents made. There are choices that I am making that will affect my children and grandchildren. Therefore, I better be smart about those choices because it's going to last for a while And I want to make sure I'm choosing who I'm worshiping and how I'm filling up my life. 
just as much for me as them. And there's a verse in Kings, 2 Kings, chapter 17, verse 15. Um, it has stuck with me years and years and years. And this is part of the verse. It says, they followed worthless idols and themselves became worthless. Oh, every time I read that or I hear that, it makes me second guess and think about what I'm choosing to fill my life with, what's happening in my life, what priorities am I making, what am I choosing, who am I choosing to follow? And God is not asking to be the center of your life because he's insecure. God's not asking to be the center of your life because he's conceited or he's on a power trip. It's because he's God. He created you. He knows what's best for you. And these first two commandments, they lead us, I think, to some of the biggest questions that we can ever have in our life or ever ask in our life. And it's this, who or what is going to be your God? Who or what are you going to prioritize in your life? Who's going to be first in your life and what you do, how you fill your life? And are you willing to put these first two commandments in place first and then fill your life around it? Or are we trying to squeeze in God after we've done everything else? I tell you if, you, if you haven't done that yet, if you haven't said, I'm going to put God first in my life, I'd love to chat with you. I'd love to unpack that with you a little bit more. Um, if you have, man, it's a daily thing for us to keep reminding ourselves to put him first. Let's pray together. Father, I'm grateful again for your son, for what he has done for us, for who he is um, to us. And I'm grateful that you, um, you set it up so that we can learn to trust you in this, so that we can have this understanding that if we do choose you first and we put this as a priority first in our lives, that somehow you make it all work out. You, you've designed us this way. But if we choose to do it a different way, we just balance. We just try and make it through each day. God, continue to lead us in that direction to help us understand who you are in this and how amazing you are and to put you first above everything else. Father, we're grateful. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen.